everybody. Welcome to Canoodle. It's Colleen here with my pick this week, Moonstruck. If you've been listening for a while, you know that you can count on me for classic rom-com picks. Moonstruck takes us back to 1980s Brooklyn where emotions run high, family dramas explode, and an unlikely love affair brings two broken people together under the glow of the full moon. It's moody, romantic, and darkly funny. I mean, come on. Nicolas Cage screams at his own hand and threatens to kill himself in his first two minutes on screen. I loved it so much. My co-hosts, well, I guess you'll have to listen to find out. Enjoy the show. Hello, ladies. Ladies and germs. How dare you? What's happening over there? Well, there's drama happening. There is live drama happening. So Liv and I, as you know, moved to LA. We have a patio now. Life is good. We got lots of outdoor plants. And we're not the only ones who enjoy outdoor plants because there's also a squirrel, a singular squirrel, (gasps) that comes and walks along the edge of our patio, comes to the end, climbs on part of our wall that he can only get to from the end of our patio, and eats our plants. And so I had to get rid of our mint and basil because he, he ate all of the leaves. And I heard that squirrels didn't like peppermint, so I sprayed peppermint everywhere. I got succulents. I was like, he's not going to eat these. They don't even taste good. And this little chicken nugget keeps coming and eating the little succulent leaves. And so as oh we God. as we speak, Liv, Liv was running outside to uh, yell at him because apparently that's how you get squirrels away. You go, hey, get away. He gets away like that. He has He knows no boundaries, this guy. He like, looks me in the eye yeah. through the window while he's eating them. No. Yes, oh seriously. God. I have he a video. No shame. Bold. That we will post on Instagram. Yes. A video of this little rascal. I no took shame. one last week. And sometimes he's Bold. so cute, right? Because it's like having a little pet going around. Like no. I'm, I'm literally outside on the lounge chair and I hear like, and he's like eating his little nuts next to me. Like he's actually, he's kind of no. cute, but then also Not he's cute. a little, he's a little fucker. <laughs> so that's what's up over here. Yes. What about there? You guys are in New York. You're back in the city. Mm-hmm. I heard there's We're a lot back. of anarchy. Yeah, it's a it's a real mess over here. There's just people <laughs> rioting in the streets, out there at the outdoor restaurants, eating appetizers. Oh my god, how dare they? How dare they do that? It's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It really is. Ugh. I wish there were more squirrels. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's anarchy in the streets. No, seriously, how's um, life? Good, yeah, we've been back, and um, I immediately fell into a Netflix binge of a show called The Home Edit. Oh, uh, we tried it. Yeah. I blame my sister, Patty. She's listening to this. It's your fault. Um, Because she was like, oh, they did an apartment in Brooklyn. I think it's in your neighborhood, which it could be in my neighborhood, but who knows? It doesn't say, like, Brooklyn, Colleen's neighborhood. (laughs) Um, But I watched anyway, and now... Like five Amazon boxes full of acrylic. Bins <laughs> oh my god! My yes, I love this. I love acrylic bins. So, I love I organizing. So what I'm saying is, I can't do anything for the next four days because I'm going to be color coordinating and acrylic binning <laughs> my entire apartment. I can't wait. It's great. Don't call. Don't call. Okay. Don't call. Don't text. Don't write. Don't stop by. <laughs> it's a pandemic. I'm organizing. <laughs> You got awesome. it. You got it. <laughs> Bibi, are you missing your surfing mornings? Oh, I am. I really am. There is something that I'm excited about. I am really committed to submit my debriefs and my um, certification application f- to be an exchange guide, finally. Nice. Yay! Get my certification. That's very know, exciting. Like, what I've been sitting on because I've done all the events and I've got all the requirements done, but I just need to finally submit it. So Wait, I submitted tell- my thing on Sunday. Tell us what that is for the people at home. Basically, I'm training to become a facilitator of conversations that are designed in a way to create connection between people and really unlock the genius within the room and unlock the collective hearts and minds in in a group and so yeah very excited about that especially there is a lot of focus on online moderation and so super relevant and um lucy is trained in it actually that's how i got to the whole thing yeah something to be forever grateful for Ah. 
I knew it so was for you. The second so I did many it. levels. Yes. <laughs> How many so, yeah. levels? A million. So many levels. So many levels. So yeah, I love it. Yay! Welcome to Canoodle. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> that's where we are. Oh, that's right, Canoodle dude. That's where we are. We always get so excited about talking that we just dive right in, and here we are. So I'm Colleen. I'm Barbara. I'm Liv. And I'm Lucy. And you're here with us, Canoodle, and we're really excited this week because our movie this week is Moonstruck. Struck. By La Luna. La Luna. La Bella Luna. Luna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to jump in and give you guys the dating profile for Moonstruck. Moonstruck, an operatic, multi-generational romantic comedy written by John Patrick Shanley and directed by Norman Jewison, premiered in 1987 to critical and box office success. The film won three Academy Awards in 1988, Best Actress for Cher, Best Supporting Actress Olympia Dukakis, and Best Screenplay. Here's the story. Loretta Castorini, played by Cher, learned the hard way not to marry for love. Now a 37-year-old widow, she vows that her bad luck will finally change and agrees to marry Johnny, a mild-mannered businessman played by Danny Aiello. Before leaving on a trip to Sicily to visit his dying mother, Johnny asks Loretta for one simple favor, to invite his estranged brother Ronnie, played by Nicolas Cage, to their wedding. Things get more complicated when Loretta and Ronnie meet and are wildly attracted to each other. Is it love? Or is it just the moon playing tricks on them? We'll find out. We'll find out. So, ladies, first impressions. What did you think about Moonstruck? Love, 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 love. Mm. I'll go next. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a good one. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, you guys, I'm really loving hate. Both of them. You love and hate? I love you and love hate. You love and hate? I love so much and I hate so much. Like, it's weird. Great. I'm love, love, love. I laughed so much. Yes, me too. I almost fell off the sofa last night. <laughs> oh. oh my God, you guys. Let's get into it because this is exciting. Okay. Great. So... Act one, New York City, a nearly full moon rises over the Metropolitan Opera where La Boheme will be performed. But soon enough, we're in Brooklyn where we meet Loretta, practical, no-nonsense bookkeeper for small local businesses, a widow. She's dating Johnny, a mild-mannered bachelor. They have dinner at Grand Ticino and Johnny proposes. After insisting that he does it right, so she won't have the same bad luck as in her first marriage, Loretta accepts. As I mentioned, Johnny's leaving to be with his dying mother in Sicily, so they plan to marry once she dies and he returns to Brooklyn. But before he leaves, he asks her to call his estranged brother Ronnie and invite him to the wedding. Loretta drops him off at the airport, and we see Johnny flying off to Sicily. That's act one. What do you think, girls, about this first act? I would love to hear what Lucy has to say. (laughs) Well, this is going to be my most pleasant part of the podcast because this was the least offensive act for me. Um, It was the most mild-mannered. There was the least amount of yelling. Um, People were in the best mood. We knew it! Um, I didn't feel just, like, horrible about everything happening. So at this point, so I've never seen this movie, though I had seen the VHS in my grandmother's basement every year when I went to visit, Um, never actually seen the movie. And so I was like, okay, this might not be my favorite movie, probably won't be anywhere near the top, but it might not be that bad. And that's how I felt about this act. And I was wrong. (laughs) And I I was wrong. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Oh, it's so great. Um... I, I, I was, I don't have a lot of feelings about the first act, meaning like I think it's very well, uh, you can kind of really 
well see where everybody's at and kind of like you know i here my premise i love share i have this unhealthy love for her i don't understand it i'm not a huge fan like i know her music i'm not but i her she's so enticing to me so even just for that i just love to see her i love her mannerism so i'm super like rooting for her no matter what um i did think it's a little weird that she's like with this Johnny person, I'm like, that's so mismatched, it's kind of sad, but you know, I don't know, I don't know what she's going through, um, on a personal note, I love that the fact that the restaurant is called Gran Ticino, because uh, I am from Ticino, so Ticino is actually uh, the Italian region of Switzerland, so that's my home, that's my home state, quote unquote, oh, it's my nice. home canton, yes, so um, that was nice, it was nice to see, you know, it was nice to see Brooklyn, it was nice to see the city, I felt like it was a great introduction to to all things New York and New York life and one thing that I could that I really loved was that the setup of it all really was for 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 this particular movie but also in you know I, I think it's still even at the time it was maybe a little different is that it really takes place in Brooklyn and it takes place in a neighborhood and you see New York from such a different angle than the the luxuriousness of Manhattan and so I was definitely draw, drawn into this is a family affair in Brooklyn and I get to see this family's life and so I really I really liked this introduction it was uh, it was really nice I also thought it was it was really beautiful. Um, I love, even though also I'm not I'm not a fan of Johnny at all. <laughs> Johnny's a drip. Johnny's he like, sucks. what the heck? What's up with that dude? And like, she is so amazing. But I loved how she is demanding mm. of him how he is proposing because she wants it right and she is not settling. <laughs> for anything oh, yeah. less even like she gets her ring and everything she's making him ruin his suit the yeah. good suit yeah. that comes with two pairs of pants <laughs> so funny <laughs> and also that last scene at the airport with that old lady oh my she's god she's like i don't believe in curses neither do i but <laughs> i put a curse on the plane there's somebody on that pl- i put a curse on that plane <laughs> so funny <laughs> i i loved it i thought it was it, yeah it's great Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, me too. I did feel like that scene. Of course, I agree. Johnny sucks. Johnny's no. a drip. <laughs> he's just he's so drip. blah. Yeah, he's so blah, and he's so. What was that thing with scratching his head? Oh, that was so weird. So, like, as I'm doing? scratching my head, <laughs> like you know, like I, mean, I think it's, it's meant to be very clear that she's not supposed to be with him, right? And I do also think that, and it's funny, I read a little bit about Cher. Cher almost didn't do this movie because she really didn't think that people would accept her in this role because she's so glamorous. And she's, I mean, she wasn't saying I'm so glamorous, but she was kind of like, I don't know if I can pull this off. Like, I don't know if people are going to accept me as this like mild mannered, or like she wasn't mild mannered, of course, but like this sort of meek, meek bookkeeper with the gray hair and all this stuff. And it's like, that's the the thing of like them trying to show you a world where Cher might end up with a drip like Johnny. But um, I just liked how she was like, and all the people in the restaurant, like I like that old, that old restaurant with like the old waiters and all that, like Bobo and how just, it was so of a moment and you can still sort of find little pieces of that mm. in Brooklyn. Yeah. You know, there's like two or three places in Brooklyn where it's still sort of like that, you know, and that was really fun. And so, just so weird and like all all the neighboring tables were like, I would have sprung for the ring. Like all this. Everyone's you know, in everyone's Everyone's business. in everyone's business. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is, just a quick note, is that this is the first time that we're introduced to that character of the sort of the, the middle-aged white guy who... Uh, gets his gets a drink thrown in his face by his girlfriend, um, and he'll come back again later. But I think it's funny because Loretta notices everything, and Loretta immediately is like, "She's too young for him." And then like he's like, "Oh, like, what, whatever." I think so. I think it was kind of a fun thing of like having her set that up, and then when we meet him again later, it's a nice little um, counterbalance to uh, to Loretta's mom meeting him later. Okay, let's jump into Act Two. Okay, Act Two. The Castorini family. Uh, Loretta returns home to Brooklyn and tells her family about the engagement. And we meet her parents, Cosmo and Rose Castorini, and her grandfather, who is just referred to in the script as the old man. 
um, the parents are not totally thrilled with her decision to marry Johnny, um, especially her father Cosmo. He calls him, he says, he says it's more bad luck. He's a big baby. And we really understand through these conversations that Loretta doesn't really love Johnny. She's just wants to get married and she likes him well enough. She's okay. Cosmo threatens to skip the wedding and he refuses to pay for it, which sets up a little tension. And of course, there's a lot of yelling, a lot of fighting uh, in, in the room. We also start to see a little bit of trouble maybe in the marriage between Cosmo and Rose. Um, Rose says, do you love him? No, ma. Good. When you love them, they drive you crazy because they know they can. And you can kind of sense there's a little bit of, of pain there. Um, and then, of course, we have the old man who is uh, Cosmo's father. He has a pack of dogs. And um, he, uh, he, he, has, he has a pack of dogs. And he takes these dogs all over the neighborhood. Um, there's a scene in the morning where he takes the dogs over to the churchyard to meet all the other old men. And this is the first time we start to hear really them talking about the moon and um, how how big the moon is and that the moon, um, the moon brings the women to the men, the old man says. So that's, that's playing a big role in. Um, At this point, Johnny's arrived in Sicily. He calls Loretta from his mother's deathbed so we can hear her screaming in the background. And he uh, tells Loretta that he's afraid to tell his mother about their engagement because she's so sick, but that he promises that he'll tell her before she dies. And um, he reminds Loretta that she promised to call Ronnie, his brother Ronnie, and invite him to the wedding. So um, Loretta does call Ronnie. She finds him, and he immediately starts yelling at her and then hangs up on her. So she's not impressed with Ronnie. And that's the end of Act 2. I want to say something before we go in. One of my favorite lines in this whole act, aside from Cher saying at the end, when Ronnie hangs up, animal! (laughs) It's one of my favorite things. My other favorite thing is when she shows her father the ring, the wedding ring, the engagement ring. He's like, that ring looks stupid. It's a man's ring. And she says, it's temporary! (laughs) Everything about Cher in this movie. (laughs) Just so extra. (laughs) It so cracks me up. Uh, but Lucy, I could tell already. The, the, the yelling, you hated the family. Hated I the hated everyone except for the grandpa, the whole movie. And I like Johnny because he didn't yell at anybody. They yelled the whole movie. Everyone was in a horrible mood. Nobody smiled the whole movie. It was not romantic and it was not funny to me. It was not a rom-com. It was not rom or calm. It was a sad, angry. <laughs> I really had a hard time enjoying it. I kept being like, what the heck is this movie? I was sad. I was so sad the whole time. I did like the scene with the grandpa and his friends um, because my Italian grandparents lived in Brooklyn and my great-grandparents, who were right off their boat from Italy, lived in Ovington Ave, in Brooklyn and I could so like I could see the neighborhood and like the bakeries and all that like I I could say oh I could see my my great grandpa Charlie being here so that was sweet but that had really nothing to do with the actual movies but you didn't think that grandpa Charlie was going to be yelling at everybody oh no he did yell (laughs) no Liv has seen one video of my grandpa Charlie he yelled at everybody (laughs) but he's really sweet yeah he just had that voice I just don't need to see a whole movie of him yelling (laughs) Yeah, you, you don't want to watch him for two hours yelling, but yeah. No. <laughs> oh, my God. She was cracking me up because she was so, like, distraught about the yelling. Like, she really was. She kept, like, going, like, what are they doing? What is this movie? Like, I think she told, she said, like, ten times, what is this movie? Like, why is everybody yelling? She was really distraught. She was really trying. It's hard for me to find you know anything what, Lucy, endearing about what's it. What's so funny is that, you know, I, you know, as you guys know, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And I grew up in a mostly Irish and Italian neighborhood. Everybody in in the neighborhood was first or second generation um, and mostly Irish and Italian. There were a few other nationalities sprinkled, but Irish and Italian were the big things. So I'm very used to hearing, I mean, because Irish families are also very loud, but we don't, we're not emotional people. Like we're emotionally withholding people. We don't (laughs) yell at each other in that way. 
the Italian families were always yelling at each other. And it's just how they talked. It's just like, you know, they, they, they entered the room yelling. And it wasn't always in anger. And in fact, it was not even, not even always, not even mostly in anger. It was just, that's, it was this outpouring of emotion all the time. And, um, but I can see how that would be really off-putting because it's, it is weird because we don't, you know, especially now everyone's much more even keeled. People just sort of like, oh, you know. But, yeah. but coming I from an Italian-American like family, like there's that, but there's this other side of like immense joy and laughter and stories. And like, I didn't see that other side at all in this movie. And I would have loved to see like that depiction of the mm-hmm. Italian-American family, which I, I just didn't see. All I saw was like the mm-hmm. grump. Well, the sound they was going through a little, they were going through some stuff too, so. Yeah. I will say, Lucy, my favorite scene in that act is also the grandpa and his friends standing so around, like, this new grave. <laughs> but, like, how they're talking about the moon, and it's, I think it's so charming, and, and yeah, I, I love that. I love that interaction between those old men and the dogs, and it's just, it's, I think it's really it's funny and yeah I what I also love about the movie is they really speak Italian um in so many scenes and it's the real deal and I really appreciated that Mm -hmm. and sometimes sometimes they would repeat what they what they just said in Italian they would repeat it in English but sometimes they wouldn't they would just leave it there out there and, and I think it was really authentic in that way and I really enjoyed that yeah, I was going to say that too. I, I, you know, I grew up in the Italian part of Switzerland um, and what is portrayed as the family is Southern Italian. It's a completely different culture. So while, you know, we, as it, you know, close to Italians and Italian and all that, we already have that outpouring of emotion. When the further south you go, the more of that there is. And yet because of the proximity to Italy and all that, and I feel so at home in Italy in that way, I actually also kind of felt very familiar with that situation. I think that I can't second Lucy though, that I also felt that a lot, that it was, it was, there was some, yelling and all of that and emotion and all of it but there was this this underlying coat of sadness and of anguish i think that that's Mm. what what brought the movie down a little bit for me and like and and there were uh, the end which we talk about was the only time when literally people would actually have a smile on their face right everything else seemed to be very heavy and just like this 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 like you know firm just feeling of like of anguish on the other hand though it, it was, you know, it was really, really just familiar to see that kind of culture at play. And I thought it was very funny that, you know, the mother would, t- would tell her, you know, would ask her if she's in love and she's absolutely, absolutely not. So that made it okay. Mm-hmm. I love the yeah. phone call from Johnny in Sicily. Like it's exactly like it was so authentic. That is exactly yeah. how Southern the mother screaming in yes. the background, and the two, the and two, then him crying, and yeah, crying and, and the crying. two ladies, <laughs> the two old ladies that were there crying with her and crying her to death, basically. That's that's literally it's so authentic, and the fact that these these actors are Italian, like they speak Italian in the way that they are Italian speaking, right? Other than Sharon, one, but Daniello, like what we call, we call him Daniello. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was just nice to. See that that authenticity um, of it and I and so I think that that's where in the beginning I said love hate in the sense that I don't know that I had a good feel I, I left a lot too but I left more out of like out of relation to what was going on other than actual mm-hmm. joy portrayed in the movie if that makes sense and so that's where, where oh, I yeah. was always kind of split <laughs> yeah I agree with that. I mean listen I really do feel that this, this family everybody's in a lot of pain you know, really, it's they're not in a great place. Mm-hmm. None of them are in a great place. You know, the, the, uh, the. You can tell that the that Rose is very sad. You can tell Cosmo's not enjoying his life. You know, you can tell Loretta is settling. I mean, it clearly, you know, it's it's not a great situation. I will say though, I really appreciated so much the way that they talked a lot. Really made me feel so homesick for for home. Because even just how irreverent they were all the time, and when when Rose says, "How's the mother?" and Loretta says, "She's dying," but I could still hear her big mouth. Yes, 
That's so awful. I loved it. I was like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Okay, let's keep moving. Act three, Loretta and Ronnie. This is big. So Loretta goes to Ronnie's bakery, Camareri Brothers. They have an explosive first meeting. He is dramatic. Some might say overdramatic. And immediately begins threatening to kill himself. He tells Loretta about the bad blood between him and his brother, which is that Johnny distracted Ronnie while Ronnie was using a slicer, resulting in the loss of Ronnie's hand and his fiance. Loretta somehow calms Ronnie down, takes charge, and they go to his apartment to talk. Once there, we see Ronnie's love of opera. Loretta takes care of him. She's not afraid of him. They talk, and as their discussion intensifies, they start drinking. And we all know how that goes, girls. Loretta tells Ronnie he's a wolf who chewed off his own foot to save himself from the trap of wrong love. Ronnie tells Loretta that she shouldn't marry Johnny, and after an intense conversation, they go to bed together. What? And I know it's such a superficial comment, but Nicolas Cage creeps me out in this movie. Retweet. His teeth! His teeth! I can't take it! It's so awful! And he is so bad shit crazy. So bad shit crazy. Like, it's not even real. But it's so funny. It's also so funny. I mean, there is so much crazy going on in this. It's like, it's so typical New York. Like, all the craziness in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I will also say... I really, I'd forgotten exactly how crazy he is from the jump. Like, he has about three words come out of his mouth before he's like, bring me the knife! And I'm like, make me the big knife! And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but you know, I also thought about it like, you know, he is, this movie is like an opera. Mm-hmm. And he is an, he's an opera character. And, he, and so it's, it makes sense that he loves the opera because he's so nuts Mm -hmm. I mean just yelling at his own hand and all this crap like it's so it's it's like a match to a flame he immediately Mm -hmm. explodes and she's just like huh yeah okay she's she's brilliant like she's literally just kind of observing and kind of like going okay I feel a little bad for you but also like just shut the fuck up like a little bit like what what I and I and I'm fully aware saying this this movie came out 33 years ago um very aware that it was other different acting times but personally I feel like you know the whole acting in this movie is over the top and all of that and it's stylized it's just not like today's acting style but I think he's acting acting is actually so bad like I'm actually like really pained by his acting because it's so over the top that I'm like you're so bad like you're trying like and that is the the, that's where my hate a little bit comes in because I'm just like but how can they let how can the director let him do this like just like yell but yell authentically like I don't know it was Mm -hmm. it was weird a little bit of there's a little bit of trivia yeah like behind the scenes scoop on this is that um, well, a couple things one is that the director did not want him for the movie oh <laughs> they want they wanted they wanted Peter Gallagher oh my oh, god wow. yes oh my god which would have made it a very different movie very um, Cher is the one who fought for Nicolas Cage oh. and said basically that she wouldn't do the movie if they didn't give it to him wow, wow. was he, he supposed to be like both. sexy in this at, like when it came out or people supposed to be like oh I can't well, get it well he's kind of hot like he has kind of no, hot I body think it, you know I think it was supposed to no. be I think he was supposed to be weird I think uh, he yeah. was supposed to be really broken and weird yeah and then he, they meet and then this whole thing happens and the other little piece of it was that he was really he was young first of all he was 23 oh my oh god, my god. 23 yeah 18 years younger than Cher in this movie yeah Cher was 41 does that math work I don't know yeah, no. I don't do math. Um, I don't do math. But um, he was like a young actor and he was like purposely making all these crazy choices because he was trying to like do all this. He was experimenting with his acting and the director was like, you got to stop. <laughs> 
And at one point, he was doing like a wolf voice. Oh, oh my god! And my. and they literally had to reshoot a bunch of stuff because he was. They were like, "You god. have to stop with the wolf thing. It's not working. Please just say the lines." Oh my, oh my god. god! That's a nightmare. That's so funny. That might have saved it for me. Yeah, into wolf voice. The wolf voice. Okay, that makes, that makes more sense. No, yes, it actually is. Like, like that makes it funny because it really is over. It's so over the top, but in a very comical, in a in a comically annoying, like just like weird, 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 mm-hmm. weird, weird. Yeah, but but I did like how it's because it's weird. I did like how you then see him in the kit when they go to the kitchen. And she feeds him some steak, and he cal- and he begins to calm down because yeah. he's just so overwrought, <laughs> and she has this real calming influence on him. Yeah, you know, until he flips the table over and yeah, you know, like what the hell takes her to the bedroom. I know, which I think she liked. You know, yeah, so did she though? <laughs> like, did she though? Because that the transition to the bedroom was so cringy and uncomfortable. Yeah. And what did she say? No, she was she like, I it. guess if you want. Like, what did she even, no, is that, she said, does that count as consent even? Like, she was what, like, wait, 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 wait. And then she goes like, she said, what did she say? She goes like, yes, I, okay, whatever. Just take me, just take me to the bedroom. Well, because, but it was something yeah, super non yeah. She pulls back and is like, wait, and then she kisses him. Yeah. yeah. And then the whole thing is her being like, I'm engaged to somebody yeah. else. And also I don't believe in love. Yeah. I, I, I already did the love thing. And it didn't work out. My lover yeah. got hit by a bus. Forget it. Yeah. And now she's like, oh, I give up. Yes. I give up. I'm I didn't do this yeah, passion no. thing. No. I, I didn't. Well, I, yeah. Great if that was the intention because I did not buy an ounce of like anyone falling in love, anyone falling in lust, anyone even enjoying being around each other, especially <laughs> the two of them. This guy is like a McPoyle brother from Always Sunny, just like creep in the basement with the tooth and the hand and the wolf voice that like he maybe didn't do the wolf voice but i felt it <laughs> you felt creepy the, wolf voice. You were the whole time yeah nicholas yep. the other thing and now i don't know anything about opera so you girls might know more about this than i do but i read i read in one of the in, in all of my extensive research in my term paper that i wrote um i read that that whole scene was almost a direct mirror of the scene in La Boheme where Rodolfo and that's Rent yeah I don't even know I'm confused confused about all these different things let's just call her Mimi because that's probably what it is yeah it's Mimi or something Um, but they apparently meet very briefly and very kind of explosively in the opera and immediately fall in this crazy in crazy love with each other so quickly that it's you know and it's very passionate um so yeah it's a very believe me it's a very jarring situation but the other thing is i really love how those two crazy girls in the bakery oh my god are like in love with him. yeah, yeah. in love with him he like brooding night totally and she's like no i'm not bringing you the knife and he's like he's not bringing me the bring knife. me the knife but like the knife i won't do it i will tell you i won't do it i won't do it i won't do it and she's crying no that was so fun that was really funny too. like i don't know it's so this movie and i i think that's where my love and hate comes in i i i just i really put my hand in my hair and yet it's i just can't look away like i just can't stop while like watching it's so weird it's so weird yeah the other thing that i i did read um so the guy who wrote the script john patrick shanley um he said that he specifically wrote the cadence of everyone's speech very specifically because he spent a lot of time in Brooklyn and on the subways and he would listen to people talking and he was like oh my god this is how they talk Mm -hmm. so when they say things like you want me to go to the wedding of my brother like that that kind of weird weirdly formal syntax is um was was a very specific I mean obviously it was a choice because it's they're all talking like that, but it's, it was to me that was very interesting because I was kind of like, why are they all talking like this? Yeah, they all talk like they're kind of like making a speech somewhere, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. It's it's totally true, but at, at the same time, again, just recognition of 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 just knowing 
native Brooklynites, like really people that have lived in Brooklyn for generations and maybe now at our age, you know, like that are way older and, and just have lived there for, it's so recognizable. Like that's how people, that's like people in Brooklyn talk. Like that's exactly this kind of weird mix of Italian background and English, like roughness and like just this, just this weird combo. And it's, it was done very well. I felt totally like I was just sitting in Brooklyn at a table. Like <laughs> it was great. Love it. Okay, so act four, the moon. This is a really short act, but it's really important because it's when we start to see the influence of the symbology of the moon in the film. Um, The family is having a family dinner and unbeknownst to them, Loretta is with Ronnie. So they continue to have dinner without her. So you have Cosmo and Rose, you have the old man, and then you have Raymond and Rita. Raymond is Rose's brother and his wife, Rita, who have joined them for their family dinner, which you can tell is a very common occurrence. And um, you can tell, again, a little bit that Rose and Cosmo are having a little bit of tension in the family or in their marriage. Um, And Raymond tells this very charming story about how there was this one time when Cosmo and Rose were dating or Cosmo was courting Rose he was so in love with her that he would come and stare. He would come and just stare at the windows of the house. And this one night, the moon was so big in the sky that it lit up the whole street. And when uh, Raymond went to look out the window, he could see Cosmo in the street looking up at the at the windows. And Cosmo, of course, denies all of this and says that it didn't happen. But Raymond, who's so charming, um, you know, sticks with his story. Um, and as we see in this act. Um, we see how the moon is affecting all of the different people in the movie. So we see that Loretta and Ronnie, excuse me, um, Loretta and Ronnie are staring at the moon because they've just spent this passionate night together. They're still in it. They're still in that magical uh, moment together. Reality has not crept in yet. We see that Rose is staring at the moon while her husband Cosmo is sleeping. Then we see uh, Raymond and Rita in their bedroom and Raymond is saying look it's Cosmo's moon and then they have this really adorable very frisky fun relationship and I really felt like they have they had a lot of joy in their relationship and they were really cute and then finally the old man takes his dogs out for a walk and he takes them to the water and he has them howling at the moon like he's so uh, you know uh, full of, of 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 life and really enjoying this moon um The next morning, Loretta regrets her actions and is trying to kind of end things with Ronnie, but he's insistent and she agrees to meet him for one last date at the opera that night. Um, She immediately goes to confession. She goes to church. And while she's there, she sees her mother. And that's when Rose tells her that she suspects that Cosmo was having an affair. Uh, Loretta, of course, tries to work but she's distracted. So she decides to go and get herself a makeover. And she gets her hair and her make she gets her hair done, she buys new clothes, and we end this act with Loretta drinking a glass of wine, listening to records and getting herself ready for her big date. Thoughts. Thoughts. <laughs> so many great scenes in this act. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the whole moon scene. Like, I'm obsessed with Raymond and Rita. They're so cute. You look like you're 23 years old, and then they're, like, into each other. Adorable. Really amazing. I love when the old man takes the dogs out and makes them howl. Like, it was so amazing. Um, What else? That was that is it was definitely my my favorite part because there's there is there is a lot of joy and 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 a lot of of great scenes. I love the whole makeover thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it was obviously not comparable to other movies. <laughs> I will say, um, but yeah, I, I I think there are a lot of gems in that section. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I love a good makeover. Unfortunately, this is not a good makeover for me, but I did. (laughs) 
I'm trying, guys. I was just enjoying the process of the makeover because I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be so good. But then I was like, well, yeah, I think your hair looks worse, but that's okay. Oh, no. Yeah, that was my opinion. <laughs> I just, I wasn't feeling it. I just, I'm gonna, I didn't even feel like Loretta liked her makeover. She didn't even smile. <laughs> She just put her <laughs> lipstick on, all sad, <laughs> and walked out. She yeah. was very glam. She yeah. was very glam. <laughs> so funny. Lucy, I totally hear what you're saying because it's not a, um, there's not this like, it's it's not a light, like effervescent kind of movie at all, by the way. And also even just the makeover scene, what I thought was so interesting though is how they played it was that she was like, you know, I'm going down this road of I was I have I'm settling for marriage without love. Like marriage with like is enough. It's comfortable. I want to be married. We're doing this. This crazy weirdo has completely awoken something in me that I thought was dead. So she's not like Julia Roberts and pretty woman with the shopping bags. She's really like introspective and like mm-hmm. yeah. kind of feeling her own like it's all this like sensuality is waking up like that whole scene with her by herself in the house with the fire roaring like she lit herself a fire she poured herself a glass of wine she put some records on and she was just sitting with her new purchases and I thought that to me sound seemed like the opposite of the woman that we saw in that first scene mm. where she's like doing the books you know in the funeral home you know so I, I really liked that little kind of back and forth what i really liked about this this piece is because it's all about the moon right and and while you know i guess that it's a it's more of a common you know tale that the full moon gets be, you know I, f- I feel like maybe in the u.s you say that too but in italy and you know even growing up and it's in italy it's like a thing like like it's not the new moon nobody cares but the full moon is like a thing people talk about the full moon and and that the fact that people go crazy during the full moon and the fact that like every all the emotions are heightened during the full moon so it's actually it's a really italian thing so again i think just by way of relating to it and relating to the culture and I could really just see how how everybody you know how everybody was talking about the moon the the, the full moon the la, la luna piena right so everybody talks about mm-hmm. that and yes I love the the grandpa going with the dogs and have them howl at the at the moon it was so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I also I, I have to give a shout out to Rose with the, with the lines when the dog when the grandfather is feeding the dogs. <laughs> what you say? And she says to him, old man. If you give those dogs one more piece of my food, I'll kick you till you're dead. <laughs> and nobody blinks an eye at the table. Everyone's like, okay, that's, that's fine. Like, it's like, it's that thing of like, they say these crazy things to each other and nobody blinks an eye because it's like, they don't mean it. It's fine. Yes, they don't. Exactly. Yeah. There is a lot of that in Italy and in this movie too. It's just like, you just say something when you don't really mean it. And everybody knows that you just don't mean, don't mean it. So nobody calls you out on it. It's like, okay. Act five. A Night at the Opera. This is a really big section. Uh, a lot happens here. Loretta and Ronnie go on their date. Uh, they go to the Met to see La Boheme. And they are enthralled by the romance of the opera. Um, Loretta particularly is feeling deeply moved. She was not familiar with the opera. She didn't even know where the Met was. And by the end of the the opera, she's crying. And you can really tell that she and Ronnie are actually feeling that they're really in love with each other. Um, however, the night is nearly ruined when Loretta sees Cosmo and Mona also there on a date, and Loretta confronts him. Later, Ronnie makes a grand declaration of love to Loretta under the moonlight. Uh, and despite Loretta's confusion over her father's infidelity and her desire to do the right thing by Johnny and just get married already, she can't deny her feelings, and again, she spends the night with Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, again, like just New York, right? Just showing, showing Lincoln Center and like the whole. I mean, how beautiful, you know? To, to what, what a, what a setup for a love 
for the for a date for a love scene for a date that you know that is you know should be their their last one this is the one date and then nothing else afterwards so so glamorous um you know just like him in a tuxedo also made me a little bit nostalgic for the times that you actually wore a tuxedo to the opera people go in mm-hmm. jeans nowadays i think you should be forbidden like you should wear a gown to the opera okay like <laughs> that's really my opinion yeah. i love that scene where you see every and everybody is just dressed to the yeah. yes in that scene yeah. oh it's so beautiful yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's so cute he's like thank you when mm-hmm. he sees her wearing her dress he just goes thank you yeah it's so beautiful yeah, yeah. so amazing yeah this is the first yeah. time that i feel especially him but kind of of any character that you see that other side you see a, a like a soft side a, a really into he has no fear in showing his love and no fear in showing mm-hmm. his vulnerability and he doesn't try to play cool he doesn't try to like be the you know the stern guy he's just in love and he's gonna show her and and it's just like you can you can tell it and he smiles and is happy and he's yeah. so satisfied and and that is the flip side of his craziness from the yes. beginning which is he's not he, he's he's just a live wire mm-hmm. yeah. like he's just he's all raw emotion mm-hmm. good good or bad mm-hmm. right he's he's it's coming out of him um i think it's hysterical when um when he says I'm in love with you. And she says, snap out of it. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so funny. It's like, what? I know. She takes no. I, I love her so much. She's so awesome. I know. <laughs> you know, I thought also it was very interesting that, again, they could, these movies couldn't, they, these, these movies couldn't be more different, but there's so many similarities between Pretty Woman Yes, so true. You see, you know, one one of them is very into the opera, the other one's not. There's this whole like the the red dress, and then there's this watching the opera and not really. I mean, uh, Loretta maybe understood it because I'm I'm assuming that she speaks Italian pretty fluently. But even you know, knowing, uh, not knowing the story, right? And, and she says, I really didn't. I didn't think she was gonna die. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. I believe she died. Yeah. <laughs> like all that stuff. I thought it was really great. And this whole way of like cracking the characters open and letting them have this moment together where mm. they're just in there really. Like it's the, really the, one of the first times that Loretta really lets go. I mean like that she's not completely fighting it. Because even like you said in the in the – in the in the scene where they go to bed together for the first time, she's sort of surrendering to her passion, but not embracing it. She's kind of like, "Fine, take mm-hmm. me." But in mm-hmm. this scene, I think she really like has these moments of like letting herself really feel something and really share something with him. That was really beautiful, and even more shattering that then this whole thing ends with her seeing her dad. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so sad. Wow, so sad. Like. And literally in the scene before in the church, she's like, Mom, you're making this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not He's not cheating true. on you. No, it's your imagination. Exactly. You know? Well, um, so sad, but also such a parallel, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's there cheating on her fiancé. Yeah, so it's kind of like... critical. Totally. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And how they basically have this common understanding. Well, you never saw me here. I've never seen you here. Okay, that's it. <laughs> they both turn around and go their separate ways. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do think that that's the thing where, you know, when, when um, Loretta and Ronnie uh, eventually make it back to what she realizes is his place, and they have this reckoning where she's really like, I'm not doing this. Like, my father's cheating on my mother, and this is crazy, and what's happening? I'm, I'm engaged, and we've got to do this. And then he has this just giant, kind of like the Bull Durham speech, right? Almost yes, like, I thought um, the same. You know, and like I actually wanted to just to read a little bit of it because I thought it was so, you know, over the top. Love don't make things nice. It ruins everything. It breaks your heart. It makes things a mess. We aren't here to make things perfect. The snowflakes are perfect. The stars are perfect, but not us. We're here to ruin ourselves and to break our hearts and to love the wrong people and die. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. And she's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You convinced me. Yes. Yeah. That's what that's what convinced her. Yes. 
Do you have to um, add anything? No. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say too is um, I just love the whole section with Rose and the professor and mm-hmm. Perry because I just thought it was this moment of of Rose being able to see that she is that this this is this guy who is routinely dating students, right? Because he doesn't know what else to do with his, he's such a lost guy. And yet he meets Rose, who is arguably, you know, she's definitely at least 15 to 20 years older than him. And he is so taken with her. And you can really see that, like, there's this other, there's this, they could have gone that way and they could have made that a a romance. Um, But she doesn't want that because she knows, she says says to him, I know who I am. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I go love that line. That yeah, made me like want to go like, oh my God, Rose, that is who I want to be Rose when I grow up. Like, <laughs> yeah. just like, mm-hmm. you know, just having the confidence to just say that and let it be it. And that's the answer and whatever. Yeah. Like, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And then that her thing of her theory about men being afraid of death, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then when, when Johnny like confirms that for her like I think they're afraid of dying and then when mm-hmm. Cosmo comes in she's like you're gonna die anyway <laughs> do what you're gonna do you're gonna die anyway it's like I know okay, I love it <laughs> no I love it I mean Rose by far is my favorite character in, yeah. in this movie Rose like, she's is amazing I think she's the best written character too I yeah she's mm-hmm. really yeah she's, she's great. really interesting yeah Johnny's just helpless even as he comes, like, even with the luggage. Like, he's, he forgets oh his God. luggage everywhere. No, he's just <laughs> hopeless and helpless. Like, seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay. So, final act, act six, the kitchen table. So, it's the next morning. Loretta seems transformed. She's walking home. She... Um, this is that iconic, it's really an iconic scene, actually, of her walking through the empty streets and kicking the beer can through the street. It's really like this very memorable, um, anybody who kind of saw this movie in the 80s, you would remember this, this scene. Um, but reality comes crashing back when her mother tells her that Johnny is home from Sicily. Uh, the kitchen then becomes the scene of various tensions and storylines playing out. First of all, Ronnie who is now a man in love, decides to come over unannounced and meet the family and plops himself down at the breakfast table with the old man and Cosmo. Uh, The old man tells Cosmo that he's decided to give him the advice that he needs to pay for the wedding. And he says to him, you break your family with your pride. So very interesting. Raymond and Rita show up um, because they have a little plot line where they've given Loretta the money for the bank deposit and in her, you know, distraction and makeover and date, she forgot to take the money to the bank. So that's what, that's what brings them into the kitchen so that they're there too. And then, of course, finally, poor Johnny comes home um, and tells Loretta that he cannot marry her because his mother has made a recovery and he is afraid that if he marries her, his mother will die. Finally, um, Ronnie proposes, actually using the same ring that, uh, that Johnny had used in the restaurant. And we know that Loretta actually really loves Johnny. His, her mother asks, do you love him? And she says, I love him awful, Ma. And Rose says, oh, that's too bad. And so you know that they're really in love. And the final little act is because Johnny is there still looking pretty dejected, is that the old man goes to him and tells him, you're part of the family now. Join the family. We're celebrating. And Johnny comes up, and they're all celebrating with champagne. And um, we leave them actually in a really happy, hopeful moment, coming together. Everyone's laughing, cheering, drinking champagne with sugar cubes in it. And that's how we, that's how, and we pull out, and we see the rest of the house, and we end the film. Oh my God, this is like, Barbara had her favorite scene like in act three or whatever, her act favorite act, this is my favorite act. I mean, like literally there are so many things back to back that are just amazing. Starting with Rose, 
just so heartfelt in a, such a heartfelt way asking Cosimo to just stop his affair and he just says okay he needed to slam oh, I to mention that yeah oh. she, she confronts oh, yeah. him and, he, and they, they reconcile yeah sorry yeah. yeah go ahead no it was just so great like all she says is like she just not all she says she, it was really kind of a plea of like come back to me basically right and he just says okay and that and that was it and then the you know like just that and then the fact that Ronnie just shows up and yeah, yeah but they have that moment though I wanted to add to it is that he does say okay but then he kind of says my life is based on nothing yeah and yeah she true. says your life is not based on nothing mm-hmm. and that's when they have that real moment together and you realize that they're in it yeah yeah no great so great so also dramatic yes true I kind of forgot that that's true that there was that little like reprise of that that was great um Ronnie just comes in and sits down but the other scene that I love is Raymond and Rita coming and the way that they approach the situation they're like they're like so we went to the bank and then they didn't have the money and 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 obviously Loretta goes like oh my god I forgot and they were like oh my god she forgot I told you she forgot la, 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 la. like it's just this whole scene we never suspected you we I know <laughs> so sweet and then Rita there is not enough. There are not enough chairs, and Rita just stands there. <laughs> it's just she just Rita. stands there, and like nobody does anything about it. It's just the whole scene. It just makes me laugh so much, and just smile so much, and just just love. I I really love, and that's why you know that where's the love comes in. It's like that's so. There is so much fun and just happiness in that scene that just makes me. It's so great. <laughs> so great. One thing that I can't get over, the fact that Johnny is supposed to be 42. Like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. 62? I know. Uh, says, you're 42 and she's still running your life. We were like, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> 42. But also, my favorite part is the old man. He's like, I'm confused. I'm co- oh, he's crying. Oh my God, he's crying he's so much. Crying. I'm confused. What's happening? What's going on? There's so much. <laughs> no, he and was the so sugar sweet. in the champagne. Although that mum mum champagne is so terrible. I'm mm. not surprised they put well, any. I have a little. Sugar. I have information. I did a little digging on the, oh, on the champagne. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. Um, glad you cleared that up. Uh, I also want to say I I had to. I laughed hysterically at Loretta's weird, hypocritical getting really mad at Johnny for, for ending their engagement. I know. She knows. And she says to him, he says, in time, you'll know it was the right thing. And she says, in time, you'll die and I'll go to your funeral in a red dress. <laughs> She's so like, dramatic. that's what you wanted. Like, you wanted to so break up with dramatic. him. And, and Ronnie's like, wait, honey, I'm right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, for once, Ronnie is the least dramatic person in the room. Mm-hmm. Seriously. If you can think about it, he is the le- he is the calmest person in the room. So which great, is such a crazy thing because he's spent he's because he finally has found his he's he knows what he wants. He's I like, know. This is it. I found my love. You know. I know. I don't have to be a I don't have to be a weird creep screaming at my wooden hand. <laughs> <laughs> Although the hand does make an appearance in that glove at the end, just, he just has to show it one last time. The grandpa, the old man moment was my favorite too. I, I let out my singular ha for the whole movie. To, when they said, how do you feel? He's like, confused. No, and he's crying. What a sweetie. No, such a sweetie. He's crying so much. I mean, the fact that a man is crying because he's confused just like makes my heart You want to hug him. Yeah. You want to hug him. He was adorable. And in the, the, what I also think is so interesting about the way that they ended this movie is that they they use the kitchen the kitchen table you know as we know i mean italian or no i mean the kitchen is the focal point of any family anywhere probably and i think having having this all these people around the kitchen table so so such an interesting choice the simplicity of it but a little behind the scenes um it was actually according to most people who were made the film one of the hardest scenes the hardest kind of sections to shoot Hmm. Um, not just technically but even emotionally it was very challenging and in fact the set was really fraught with tension um, around this scene 
Um, it devolved into a little bit of chaos. Mm. Um, allegedly, the director, Norman Jewison, threw a chair at someone <laughs> during the filming of this. Hopefully not the old guy. And I know. Cher was threatening to turn them into the Screen Actors Guild because he was making them work through lunch. <laughs> and, then I, and then I read somewhere that he actually was fined by SAG for oh, not respecting wow. the number of hours to make the cast and the crew work. Interesting. Because he was very specifically trying to get this scene uh, figured out. And the person who calmed them all down in real life was the actor who played the old man. Of course. Aww. He came in and he said, calma, calma, calma. And he said something like, I didn't really understand it entirely, but he said something to the effect of, this is a farce. We're creating a farce. And as you know, in the farce, always in the last scene, it gets worked out. Yes. So we're going to work it out. Yes. Oh. And then we'll work it out. How so wise. He kind of came in with this very zen, uh, this very zen thing and kind of saved the, saved the day. Mm-hmm. Um... What's the trivia on the on the on the ice cubes on the sugar cubes? Oh, oh yes, yeah. okay, sugar cubes in the okay. So the, this this is interesting. Sugar cubes in the champagne. Why make an already sweet, potent, potable even sweeter? It's an old Italian wives' tale that the devil never wants to see you happy, and since champagne makes you happy, dropping a sugar cube in will definitely keep the devil away. Oh my God! Seriously, that's so I don't sweet, know. and oh, oh I've never, never heard seen that. that. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. I love it. Um, I have a couple of little trivia bits that I think are fun. Um, the original title of this movie was The Bride and the Wolf. Well. Um, exactly. And But the director, Norman Jewison, convinced the writer, John Patrick Shanley, to change it because he really felt like the central image in the film was the moon mm-hmm. and its effect on every character. Mm-hmm. And he said, they're, they're like, you know, what do you call it? Like, moonsick, moonstruck. They're moonstruck. And then that's how that mm. title, title stuck. Um a lot of people who have, there, there's been a lot written about Ronnie and how crazy he is. And uh, I mentioned it a little earlier, um, probably because I was influenced by reading this article about Ronnie. Ronnie basically is an opera. Um, he's not only deeply in love with it, but all of his th- his theatrical manner, the way that he makes speeches, it's all very kind of, very specific to um, to how opera, uh, and again, I don't know anything about opera, by the way, so my apologies, but that's <laughs> sort of on purpose. Um, Camarari Brothers Bakery was a real bakery. Oh yay! In Brooklyn, Ooh. Uh-huh. so they 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 named their characters so that they could use, and they actually shot in the actual bakery. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they said that the bakery refused to close while they were shooting. Oh, so they were in there actually baking the bread. Awesome. And they said it really added a, an element for them of um. Of, of reality because it was, it was hot and they, the smell of the bread and the flour was oh everywhere. Oh my god, it, really it would have been my heaven. My heaven location. Exactly. I just looked it up. It's like 10 blocks from where my great grandparents lived. Oh, that's so sweet. So Aww. it is the neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. Bensonhurst. Awesome. I love that. So that's Moonstruck. Aww. Wow, girls, that was a journey. What a yes. ride. Yes. What are, I'm glad we survived it's it. Over. Oh my god! It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, but you know we have to do. I know we have to rate the date. Rate the date. <laughs> hmm. Why don't you start? I just this is just like a divorce. I'm just done. <laughs> just divorce. A, this is a big old. I'll, I will ghost it. <laughs> Fair enough. For me, it's that uh, it kind of, I don't know why I'm saying this, but it kind of reminds me of the way that my mother talks about my father. Like he's <laughs> driving her crazy, but he, she loves her, she loves him so much. And that's kind of what I feel like too. This movie like drives me mad and does, I mean, like calls up a lot of, a lot of challenging emotions. And yet somehow I love it. I don't know why it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's just like, I don't even know how to rate it, but it's like, there's so much nostalgia. Also, how I got to the movie was through a friend who he said, like, you have to watch this movie. She was, was from that neighborhood. And yeah, just like this, I feel nothing but like warmth and love. Uh, and then also at the same time, there's so much craziness. So I just have this like, I, I, I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. I love the two. But I would say that I, for me, I, as in, in terms of a date, I kind of feel like this movie is, is there's a lid for every pot. Mm-hmm. You know mm. what I mean? Like, these people are weird. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily, <laughs> I wouldn't want to date Nick Cage's character in this movie oh, no. at all. Um, but I, I totally got it that the, these two broken birds found each other and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, kind of made the best of it and, and figured it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Here we go. Okay. Lucy. Yes. Revenge. This is going to be your favorite part of today's uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> you are next. What is your pick for next week? Well, I would like to lighten up the mood a bit around here. <laughs> Sorry. No, unacceptable. <laughs> we want darker, older and darker. You're not getting either. Well, when this podcast drops, it will be my dear wife Liv's birthday. So I have to give her a birthday present. I have to give her a movie she loves. And we have to watch Hitch. Oh, yay! I love it! That's awesome. Yay. Oh, that's so thoughtful. Oh, that is thoughtful. Oh, that's very oh. thoughtful. Thank you, baby. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's gonna be fun. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Hitch. A good. A good Willis Smith one. I love it. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. Watch Hitch in time for our show next week. And with that, we will say, Arrivederci. I couldn't think how to say it. I should have practiced. Arrivederci. 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 Alla settimana prossima. Canoodle ya later. Well, that's a wrap for Moonstruck and this episode of Canoodle. Ooh, that was fun. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, listen, why not share it with a friend or 12? And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and help other people find us. You can follow us at Canoodle Podcast on Instagram and at canoodlepodcast.com for show notes and other exclusive behind-the-scenes content. See you next week. <laughs>